It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Y'all, listen, I, I know the Bible says a prophet's not welcome in his hometown, but y'all just, I, I am totally, I called it. I told you so. I did. Welcome. <laughs> it's Eric Erickson here, The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be a part of this here program. I told you this. I got to go back. I got to play you audio from the second hour of yesterday's show. Listen to this is what I said yesterday. I told you guys yesterday before this election was even done that they were going to start screaming racism, and that's all they've done overnight and this morning. You've got Jamel Hill, for example, screaming it's all about white racism and white supremacy and the like. And, you know, Biden is going to have a press conference about five-year-olds getting the vaccine this afternoon. Whatever happened to the mandate? I bet that's going to come back now to try to distract people. Like when they did it after Afghanistan, they'll bring that back starting this afternoon when he says he wants to vaccinate your kids. Sure enough, that that was me yesterday. They brought the vaccine mandate back. It's going to go into effect January 4th. Employers will be fined $150,000 per unvaccinated employee. So illegal aliens are going to get $450,000 for being separated from their families. By the way, Biden denied that, said it wasn't true. And then the ACLU released a statement. Said, Have you not paid attention to what your Justice Department is about to do with us? <laughs> and now they're going to bring the vaccine mandate back. It's a distraction from the elections. We will get to that. We, we're gonna we're gonna focus on that some. But first, I gotta play you this. This is the commentary from yesterday across multiple news outlets. Listen to this. Glenn Youngkin played the race card for a reason because he knows it works on certain white voters. He did stoke white grievance politics to mobilize the Republican base. He's laundered Trump's really sort of disgusting, flagrant out-racism. Yep. He's wrapped it in education. Yep. Education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. That's the fundamental problem for these parents and this anti-CRT movement. They don't like the way whiteness is being portrayed in these new, more inclusive lessons. Yeah. This wasn't about those pocketbook issues. This was about how white kids feel talking about what black kids go through. The subtext of all this was, we can't let these black and brown people run the country. Glenn Youngkin running on critical race theory that he knew hit a chord around race. I think all the CRT stuff is trumped up dog whistling. Some of it was uh, dog whistle racism. The dog whistle messaging that you saw Youngkin engage in during the course of the campaign. CRT is in the, the latest line of school busing, cross-town busing, um, 
welfare queens. You have it. It's in that same. It's in that same line, and you saw it in the in the results in Virginia. This more palatable Republican who still uses the same racist themes that Trump did. He just packaged them in a soccer dad sweater vest model. He's found a way to launder a pretty racist trope. This idea that we cannot talk about America's history because it hurts my feelings. He's turned that into a campaign. White voters do have anxiety mm-hmm. about a changing America, right? That it is blacker, it is browner. You've got the Republicans yelling like, hey, look, the black and brown folks are coming for us. Some Republican candidates are perfectly willing to use race as a motivating factor for their base. That has gone on for decades and it happened this year. Race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit used to be of the Democratic Party back in the day when they were Dixiecrats, and now of the Republican Party. This is about the fact that a good chunk of voters out there are okay with white supremacy. Let's call a thing a thing. Actually, scratch that. They are more than okay. Yeah, that, that, that that was the aggregate commentary on the networks yesterday, folks. They, they're truly broken. On this issue, uh, by the way, I, I, I programming note at the the very bottom of this hour. So thirty five after the hour, I'm going to walk you through critical theory again, because this is happening more and more, where members of the media will shove a microphone in your face and say, "Tell me what critical race theory is," and people can't articulate it well. And so then they say, see, it's not a thing. They, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about. They, they got no idea. It's not a thing. They, they can't even describe it. It must not be a thing. Oh, it is a thing. And I want to explain it to you so you can explain it to other people. And when the media shoves a microphone in your face or a progressive confronts you at a school board meeting, you can articulate an answer. It's that important. So the left is out defining Tuesday as racism comes to America. Now, here's the problem. If they go down that road, they're going to have bigger issues moving forward because there are more white voters than there are other voters. And on top of that, Hispanic voters are more and more likely to identify as white. And the Democrats, all they've got is a race card. It's not true, and it pisses people off to tell them all the time that they're racist, that they're subconsciously racist, that they benefit from racism, systemic racism that they they don't see. And, of course, they can't see it because they're the oppressor who caused it and and on and on. It's unfalsifiable Gnostic nonsense is what it is. And we will get into it. I want to explain it to you at the bottom of the hour. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, of course, is trying to settle some scores. Listen to her explaining Terry McAuliffe's loss in Virginia. Plus, on the election front, I actually think we have good news as well. I know that Virginia was a huge bummer. And honestly, if anything, I think that the results show the limits of trying to run a fully 100% super moderated campaign that does not excite speak to or energize a progressive base and frankly we weren't even really invited to contribute on that race <laughs> what is it the the 20 something valley girl election like uh we we weren't invited to contribute uh to the to to the election it's like uh the the uh like super uh moderates were they they just uh, they didn't excite us like you know really 
I am. Uh, I, I have. Got, and now, listen. She's younger than me, and and when I was her age, I was I was up there manning the ramparts, ready to die on every every hill as well. At some point in life, you get tired of dying on every hill, and you have to figure out which hills are really worth dying on. And as you get older, you realize not every hill is worth dying on. Some are, some aren't, and not everybody has the same one. But when I was her age, I just assumed, you know, hardcore conservative is going to win everywhere. And she is at the age where she believes progressives are going to win everywhere. If only you had a progressive candidate. Uh, communism has never been tried right. If only we, if only you let me try it. And conservatives fall into this trap as well, that, that, that the hardcore conservative is going to win. There are some places the most hardcore conservative will not win. You found that out in California with Larry Elder. Some places you got to have candidates who fit the place, and a hardcore progressive isn't going to win statewide in Virginia. And they just don't really seem to get it. Joe Manchin is out this morning saying, you know, the the reality is Virginia just shows we're not a a left or a center-left country. We're center to center right, and he's right. Socially, conservatively, socially, people are conservative in this country. They, they don't like the wokes anymore. In fact, James Carville has had enough of the wokes costing them elections. Keep in mind, James Carville and Terry McAuliffe are really good friends. I was at dinner one time with James when Terry was calling him. They're, they're, they're friends. They've known each other forever. But what went wrong with just stupid wokeness. All right, you just, don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island. Look at Buffalo. Look at Minneapolis. Even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police lunacy to take Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools. I mean, that people see that. And it, 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 it's, it's just really a, have a suppressive effect all across the country. The Democrats, some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. I mean, that they're, they're expressing a language that people just don't use. And there's a backlash and a frustration at that. And I'd be right, suburbanites in, in, in northern Virginia, suburbanites in, in, in northern New Jersey, you know, pulled away a little bit. Yonkin never ran any ads against Biden. And I think what he did is, is just let the Democrats pull the pin and watch the grenade go off and uh, on them. And we've we got to change this and not be about changing dictionaries and change laws. And, and these faculty lounge people that sit around mulling about, I don't know what, uh, uh, they're not working. They're, look, look what happened in Buffalo. Uh, uh, again, uh, Seattle I think that Republicans may win a, a city attorney's race in Seattle, the autonomous zone. Who, who could even think of something that stupid? And they're they're suppressing our vote. And I got news for you. you you're, you're hurting the party. You're hurting the very people that you vote that you want to help. And Terry got caught up. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, he got caught up in something national. And, and we, we got we to gotta change this internally, in my view. Uh, change it internally. Listen. The only thing Democrats can't abide is losing power. And if the wokes are costing them power, they will turn on the wokes. But the wokes are a major force because the Democrats have allowed them to escape the bottle, to escape their containment field. And they've inhabited now the Fortune 500 and Hollywood, and academia, and the Gen Zers out there on TikTok. 
the Democrats did this to themselves. They have let something unleash on this country, hoping it would wipe out conservatives, and instead it has turned on them. And the wokes can't accept it. They're not going to accept it. It's a fascinating dynamic to look at, and they've empowered a bunch of people to come forward now and say what they really believe, and what they really believe is America is a terrible place, Americans are terrible people, and you're all racist. And it's not going to work for them. I mean, listen, this this is where – this is uh, the, the Tiffany Cross – Democratic strategist filled in for Joy Reid. Listen to her analysis. A rebuke on everything from critical race theory to the Democrats' election strategy. But let's be honest. Here's the thing. All those takes are like searching the edges while refusing to see what's staring right back at you. And I can assure you, black voters in Virginia are not shocked by the so-called Yunkin shocker. This isn't about enthusiasm. This isn't about Democrats not doing enough to exercise their base. And this definitely is not about messaging or even about beloved. This is about the fact that a good chunk of voters out there are okay with white supremacy. Let's call a thing a thing. Actually, scratch that. They are more than okay. See it? Uh, that, that's, this, is, this is speaking to the Democratic base. Now, granted, uh, 92,000 people on average watch MSNBC. But this is speaking to that base. This is speaking to that base. And in speaking to that base, they can't acknowledge that people don't like them. They've got to attribute it to race and racism. They've got to attribute it to anything other than reality. Because if you attribute it to anything other than reality, you can define it however you want it. And if you've got enough members of the media to believe you, then you can you can advance that narrative. And so the narrative the Democrats have embraced is one of race and racism. And this is at the top of the Democratic Party on down. They're embracing this. Cornell Belcher is Barack Obama's pollster. Listen to him. CRT was on the ballot. And 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 quite frankly, it was a it was a, a, a mobilizing, energizing force on the right. And Democrats, I've been on enough calls with Democrats where it's like, you know, let's pivot and talk about something else. No, you can't pivot and talk about something else. CRT is in the, the latest line of school busing, cross town busing, uh, welfare queens. You have it. It's in that same, it's in that same line. And you saw it in the, in the results in Virginia when you saw that swing of women, uh, away from that, from, from, from the, from the Democrat. And you also sort of, so problematic about sort of energizing, energizing the base. Look, I agree. We've got to put points on the board, right? We have a very uh, popular agenda that if we would get out our own ways exactly. and pass it, which you and I talked about, we could have passed this a month ago. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's all, all about race. The, the, those white Republicans, they made it all about race. Pay no attention to gas prices. Pay no attention to food prices. Pay no attention to incomes. Pay no attention to anything. It's all about race. That's what the Democratic strategists are telling the Democrats. And there's no one left in the Democratic Party to tell them the truth because they purged everyone else, which means the GOP really has an advantage going into the midterms next year. My gosh, what a disaster it's going to be for the Democrats if they keep this up. 
Hi, how are you? It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425, if you'd like to be a part of this year program. Now, USA Today has a story out today in newspapers around the country highlighting the historic wins of non-white candidates for the first time. A, a woman who is neither Italian or a, someone who is neither Italian nor uh, Irish is mayor of Boston, Michelle Wu, who is Asian. Uh, and it, it's kind of funny. They have updated the story since it first broke as there was national outrage. Michelle Wu is in there. Uh, Eric Adams is in there for New York mayor. Uh, Alvin Bragg, first black Manhattan DA. Ed Gainley in the mayoral race in, uh, for Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, uh, on and on and on. And they had to update it to include Jason Mayaris, Virginia's first Latino attorney general, except they needed to make sure he was Cuban-American, not Latino. And also Winsome Sears, who's from Jamaica. She will not only be the first woman of color to hold the post, she'll be the first black woman to hold statewide office in Virginia. When the article first ran, the Virginia Republican non-white candidates did not appear in the article at all. Now, if you don't know who Winsome Sears is, listen to her from TV last night on Fox News. The Democrats, they really don't have the solutions. And so when you look at the the Democrat-run cities, the Democrat-run counties, states, they're losing. The, the, the neighborhoods are the worst. The schools are the worst. Everything, it's the worst. And so they move from Democrat-led states, come to Republican-led states, and they ruin it, forgetting when you came here, it was fine. And now it's changed because you brought the same policies with you that ruined the state you just left. So, you know, what I want for us as black people, just leave us alone. If you want to vote Democrat, then do so. You want to vote Libertarian, do so. Whatever you want to be, be it. This is America. This is freedom. Who died and left you in charge of all of us as black people so that we could be corralled into doing what you want us to do? I thought you said that you were the tolerant folks. If you're tolerant, that means you allow other ideas to percolate. You don't want just ideas that you agree with, because then you see we wouldn't be living in America. We would be living in a totally different country. Nobody wants that. That's Winsome Sears. She and her husband, Marines. She is an immigrant from Jamaica. Her message is profoundly optimistically American, even noting that her family came to the United States in the 1960s when segregation and and racism were really big things. And yet her father took every job he could, and he prospered, and his daughter has grown up in the United States to now be the lieutenant governor of the state of Virginia, the state of Thomas Jefferson and the founding fathers. It's a remarkably profound success story, and Democrats are livid about it. They can't accept that we have real American progress because it's not the progress they want. When we come back, call your friends, call your family, take them, make them tune in. I'm going to explain critical theory to you so you have an answer when they shove the microphone in your face.
All right, I'm going to explain critical race theory. Before I do, I've got folks who have been waiting very patiently on phones. I want to talk to them, Ron in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Ron, I've always wanted to go up there and, and play golf, but I'm such a bad golfer, I would be ashamed to be on that golf course. Well, that's okay. There's a bunch of golf courses here in the area, and there's a bunch of bad golfers. You, you, <laughs> Excellent. You <sit> in. <laughs> What's going um, on? Well, I mean, I kind of feel, you know, like uh, about the Republican Party, about the way you do about, about your Braves is, if they do win and, and they're given this on a flat platter like the Democrats are doing, how confident? I mean, I'm confident they're going to screw screw it up. How confident are you that they're going to be able to, to pick the ball up and, <laughs> and, and, and carry it through? I I'm more confident that the Braves will win the next the World Series that, than that the Republicans. <laughs> so listen, here's the thing though. Uh, in all seriousness, the Republicans don't have to do anything right now. All they got to do is say we're not them. Uh, and we're not crazy. And as long as they don't try to out crazy the Democrats, they can get back into power. And then they've got two years where Joe Biden still controls the agenda so they can be a party in opposition and a party of no. And, and I think that'll work for them. But uh, then at some point, they got to come up with governing ideas. And, and I, my real problem right now is I don't know that I know what the Republican Party stands for other than we're not Joe Biden. And they need to put some thought into that. And, and if I could be a guy who gives them an idea educational choice educational choice there's the republicans have the opportunity to create an entitlement that once parents have for their kids they're not going to want to have democrats take it back give them access to better schools uh billy calling from atlanta georgia you're going to be up next billy you're going to the parade tomorrow no actually i'm not going to be able to make that but uh very happy about the braves and i really love your show thank you you're welcome um I got a question about corporations as they jumped on the woke wagon wagon there for a while. Are they going to back off of that now, knowing how Americans actually feel? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny that you asked me that because I had this conversation this morning with the CEO of a of a big company, and he thinks that part of the problem he has in his company is that it's the young new workers who cause the problems. The older people in the company don't. The young workers have to feel invested and they want to bring their hold to the office. And he says he's not sure how major companies are going to navigate this, but it's very clear to them, given the headwinds and and the the, uh, prevailing winds in the country, if they don't make some changes so that they don't alienate conservatives when Republicans at Congress, they're going to come for the Fortune 500. Uh, the pro-business party is going to turn on them in the name of being a pro-family party. And he's he's one of those major, represents Fortune 500 company, y'all would all know. And he's like, we got a problem. Uh, we got, we're held hostage by our young employees and we got to figure out how to break that out. So I, my guess is that, I mean, this guy is a smart executive, big company here in Atlanta. And he he knows they're going to have to do something. And he, interestingly enough, is very politically progressive and yet understands that the Republicans are probably headed back into power and they can't afford to alienate uh, Republicans, even if it's only about power, not about conviction. Now, I need to explain to you guys critical theory. I'm going to do it as, as easily as I can. I feel very strongly that you need to know what it is. Uh, it is important to me that you understand it. And the reason it's important to me that you understand it is because I want you guys to be able, when the time comes, when they shove the microphone in your face, 
to be able to respond with an articulable answer, one that they can understand that you know what you're talking about. When they say critical theory is not taught in schools, you respond to them and say critical theory is a framework, a framework, and it is how they teach the existing information that matters. Now, I'm, I'm setting up a link for you guys. Uh, give me one second here because you're going to want this because it is perhaps one of the best breakdowns for you to have and share with your friends. Uh, if you text the word data to 33777, Tim Keller, the theologian, has written uh, probably the best takedown of critical theory. And he makes it easy for you to understand, and it's one of the things that, that, that has really helped me. So text DATA to 33777. Uh, now, I'm not going to read you what Tim wrote. I'm going to tell you my view of it, but a lot of it is shaped by Tim Keller and, and really other theologians. Uh, Ligon Duncan, who's the chancellor of Reformed Theological Seminary where I go to school, uh, has, was probably the first person in America to tell me I needed to pay attention to critical theory that it was coming and it was bad and I needed to, to get sharp on it. And he sent me a lot of resources. And then Tim Keller came out and he and I have had Keller and I've had a number of conversations about this. Critical theory is a postmodern concept meant to describe power and justice. So first of all, we need to ask ourselves, what is postmodernism? Modernism is the idea that there can be an objective reality and an objective truth and that everyone can find and grab hold of that truth. It puts factual analysis ahead of emotions. Postmodernism is the opposite. Postmodernism believes there is no truth. You have your truth. I have my truth. You hear people talk about this these days. You have your truth. I have my truth. There is no real one truth. It puts emotions and feelings above thinking. That's why you hear so many people these days say, I feel instead of I think. That's a sign we're in postmodern times. People put their feelings ahead of their thinking. Postmodernism is very relational. People find people who speak their truth back to them. And those people become fans and have an emotional connection to them. Postmodernism as well believes that reality is constructed not through observation, but through words. And words possess the power to construct reality. So if you and I, we all go outside and we all look up at the sky and there's not a cloud in the sky. And I tell you the sky is blue. That may be my reality, but that may not be your reality. If you are colorblind, that's not your reality. And therefore, I can't tell you what objective reality is because it's not the reality you share with me. Now, this gets to the key point you have to understand about postmodernism. This is the key point. 
the exception becomes the rule in postmodernism. So, on the transgender debate, there are people who are born intersex. They have characteristics of both male and female. They are the exception to the rule. They are in a biological anomaly. We determine their true sex based on the priority of chromosomes. You can have XY, XX, XY, XY, XXXY, XXXX. The first two are determinative of the predominant gender of the person. But because biologically, anomalously, there are people who can be born as intersex, Postmodernists say you can't say in reality that there's male and female because look at all these other people. So therefore, you yourself can choose. They take the exception and they make the rule. The police are oppressors in the country. They are all bad. In postmodernism, they take the exception of the bad police officer and they apply it to the whole. That's what we're seeing in society. The exception becomes the rule. That is postmodernism. Because this can happen, you can't define everything as opposed to there are exceptions that prove the rule. In modernism, there are rules with exceptions to rules. In postmodernism, the exception becomes the rule. Now, you got to understand all that to understand this. Critical theory comes from postmodernism where emotion trumps fact your, your lived experience trumps reality, and there is no general rule of life. And critical theory seeks to define power. Now, I'm saying critical theory very specifically because there are divisions of critical theory. Because critical theory tries to explain power imbalances in the world through a group of intersections, characteristics people have. The one we focus on a lot in conversations is critical race theory. But you have the various intersectional dynamics of people. Are they, what is their sexual orientation? Are they cisgender? That is their gender and their biological sex align. Are they Christian or not? Are they white or someone else? Your race, your sex, your gender, your religion, your lack of a disability or, or a disability. All of these things combine and the person who is white, male, cisgender, that is, you're, you're a boy who thinks he's a boy, heterosexual, conservative, tall, with no disability, you are the most oppressive person with the intersection. You are the most oppressive person, and the person who is none of those things is the most oppressed. And under critical theory, they believe that only the oppressed can see true reality. So that those of you who are of the oppressor class, white people, must be quiet and hear the oppressed person, that is the non-white person. And what they say is true, you must accept as true, because due to all of your oppressive characteristics, you yourself cannot understand what is real truth. Reality is shaped under critical theory by something called dominant discourses, and the dominant discourses are those things the oppressors say, what white people say. So if you're hearing this in the conversations about the, the Virginia election, that uh, the election white people say was about education and what kids are learning in school, 
and the non-white voices on MSNBC are saying it's actually about white supremacy. According to critical theory, you white people must shut up and take Joy Reid as gospel truth because Joy Reid is black and female. Therefore, she is not of the oppressor class. She's of the oppressed class, and her truth must trump yours. Critical theory is hostile to the idea of free speech because if everyone has free access to speak, the oppressor is always going to prevail under critical theory. The dominant discourse must be shut down. Now, here is the key point you must understand, and you must understand this. Racial reconciliation is impossible in critical theory. Why? Because it's a postmodern view of power, which means there are always oppressed and there are always oppressors. So when the oppressor finally becomes oppressed, you have new oppressors, and the dynamics continually shift. The critical theorists say that's not true. Once we have a power balance by the white people giving up their power, there will be no oppression. That's what they say. They can't explain why. So critical theory, to sum it all up for you, critical theory is a postmodern framework for seeing the world. So critical theory, when we say it's taught in school, it's how history is viewed. History is now viewed not as a factual pattern of what happened, but as a history of oppressors and oppressed. And black kids are taught that they are oppressed, and white kids are taught that they are oppressors. And white kids are taught they must be silent and only listen to the black voices because since they are oppressors, they have no real grasp of reality. So when they shove the microphone in your face and they tell you, tell me what critical theory is, you say critical theory is not a thing per se. Critical theory is a framework by which they're teaching education now. And the critical theory framework is postmodernism. And it means there is no real reality. And we must review history in light of the oppressed and the oppressor. And we are not allowed to have real truth. Everyone has their own truth. And that means there can be no objective reality. And that's not truly the way the world works. Last point for you, people of faith. There are efforts to bring critical theory into the church. You cannot bring critical theory into the church and maintain real Christianity. Why? Because Jesus Christ says, I am the way and the truth and the life. That means there must be an objective truth because God is real. And so anyone who brings critical theory in is telling you to subvert the actual truth of Christ for some person's truth, and that gets you to idol worship. You don't want to do that. If you have any questions about this, 877-973-7425, I'm happy to do that. I also want you to do something for me. I want you to go to EdenPureDeals.com and get the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. Y'all, this heater is power efficient, and it packs a wall up. It will crank out. It, it's a small space heater, but it can handle heat up to about 1,000 square feet of a room. Uh, it's electric. It's not gas. 
and the supplies are very limited because so many people are buying them. Eden Pure has told me uh, that their stock is going as cold weather is upon us. So if you want one, uh, you need to get one. People are seeing real savings on their heating bill by being able to run these things. They're very efficient and they do put out a lot of heat. Uh, Eden Pure is giving you guys a great discount of $200 uh, and it's $20 off the Gen 40 regular sale price. So it's an extra 20 bucks off the lowest sale price. All you have to do is go to EdenPureDeals.com. You put in my discount code, Eric Heater, to save an extra $20 off what's listed. That's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric Heater, and you get free shipping. Go to EdenPureDeals.com today. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, I, I got a, my, my listeners in Atlanta. Um, if any of you know a good uh, lawyer who represents nonprofit organizations, could, could you just shoot me an email, eric at ewerickson.com? Give me a recommendation. Got a buddy of mine who runs a big nonprofit group and needs to needs a lawyer, and he's asking me, and I'm asking my audience because y'all are the smartest people out there. Now, uh, real quick, um, critical theory. If you want to read the Tim Keller piece, text Eric to 33 I'm sorry, text data, text data to 33777. Uh Richard, I want to take your phone call. Got about a minute. Welcome. Hey Eric, thanks for t- taking my call. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, I had a question. I had a question about the critical race theory and postmodernism and the argument about uh, oppressed and oppressor. Um I know that Marxism is also based in the oppressed in the oppressor debate, and I was wondering how uh, CRT and Marxism are That's related. That's a great uh, question. Uh, critical theory actually derives from Marxist postmodern thought. Um, it's a, I forget the French philosopher now who came up with it, um, the, the idea, but he was a Marxist and it is critical theory is how the Marxists view power. Uh, if you get that Tim Keller piece, he talks about it, uh, text data to 33777, that critical theory comes from Marxist political thought and how they see power imbalances in the world through the eyes of the pr- oppressed and the oppressor. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 